Well, welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. This is segment four of Should We Call the Land, the Promised Land? Should we call it Palestine or should we call it Israel? Well, as a Christian, we have no business calling it Palestine. Palestine is a, an attempt by, uh, by others to try to steal away the land that rightfully belongs to Israel. And uh, we've been talking about some of the conflicts that have been going on in the Middle East over the last uh, 2,000 years. If you've uh, missed any of our broadcasts, you can always go on to our website, fortressoffaith.com, and click on the radio link there and uh, find our archive of programs. Yesterday, we were talking about the Palestinian myth and the maps and the British mandate and all that type of stuff. And today, I want to focus on the two-state solution, why that is a foolish, impossible proposition, why that will never come to pass, and talk about how God has, Jehovah God has preserved Israel in a miraculous way time and time again when they've been attacked in these wars. But first of all, let's, let's look at this idea of a two-state solution. Politicians have been talking about this now uh, since the 1920s when Britain first suggested this. We've got Arabs over there. We've got um, Jews that are returning back to their homeland you know, after being kicked out and dispersed by the Romans and uh, through all the different infighting by Islam and so on there. Jews have tried to return and to bring back their nation, which they successfully did in 19. 19- 48. There were attempts to try to develop this two-state solution, and each time Arabs have come back and said no. Five times. Five times they've rejected this. The first attempt at saying, Palestine, Arabs, become your own country, become your own state, and uh, the British were the first to, to bring this back in 1936. And we talked a little bit about this, about the British mandate. 95% of the land was going to go to the Arabs, 5% to give to the Jews. The Jews voted and said, yes, we'll do it. The Arabs said no, and they reacted with riots and mayhem and killings. And so the Brit- British came back with uh, a new map about um, a, few, you know, a few months later. And of the 5% of the land that they were going to give to Israel, they said, okay, we'll give the Arabs and these new people we're going to call the Palestinians 80% of that 5%, and the Arabs again said no. Well, the United Nations then thought they would try in 1947, and they drew up maps, and the majority of the land was going to go to the Arabs. The Jews again voted and said, okay, let's do it. Let's have peace. We'll have our land. You have yours. And let's live together in peace. And the Arabs responded with war and uh, said no. So a third effort was done in 1967. This was after the uh, Six-Day War. And um, Israel had gained a lot of land because God had uh, made them victorious. Not only did they survive with so few odds uh, going for them. I mean, everything 
they were outgunned and outnumbered each time. We'll talk about these wars in a moment. But um, they gained uh, the land, uh, the West Bank, Gaza. And uh, so they, Israel offered, this time Israel saying, saying to the Arabs, hey, let's have peace. And we'll give you the lands that we gained. We'll give it back to you. But you got to promise that you're going to put down your arms and we're not going to have war again. And they said no. And so the Arabs had a big meeting in uh, Sudan in Khartoum. They came back with the three famous no's. Uh, no peace. Uh, no negotiations. And uh, I can't remember what the third one. No, but basically it's just an impossible situation. No, we're not going to do it. Then we had the Arab rejection number four. This was in the year 2000. We had Jimmy Carter trying to bring a peace agreement there. So this is the United States now uh, involved. So we had, you know, the British tried it, didn't make it. The United Nations tried it, didn't make it. The Israelis tried it on their own, didn't make it. And now the United States is trying to broker this peace. Yasser Arafat came over and the Prime Minister Barack uh, met with Bill Clinton at Camp David. Um, the agreement was to give the Arabs uh, all of Gaza, which they did eventually, 94% of the West Bank and East Jerusalem, which they did. And the Arabs responded with intifada. So the, the Arabs uh, got from the... Uh, from the Jews, the Jews went hunting and gave, gave it to them. And then they sent in suicide bombers and death to the Israelis. This is why, by the way, Israel built the walls to protect themselves because of the intifada, because of the suicide bombers. And over a thousand Israelis were killed. But the Arabs said, no, we do not want peace. We really don't want our own country, our own state. We want to live as victims. Um, because it makes Israel look bad, and we're not really interested in peace. That's what they were saying, pretty much. And uh, But we still keep trying this, this two-state solution. So George Bush tried it, his hand at it, in 2008. And rejection number five, um, the president of the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas, rejected this last attempt in 2008. And I'm here to say to you that the idea of a two-state solution is a bogus idea. It will not work. And it's pretty simple why. And we've got to wake up here and realize it. It will not work as long as Islam lives. If Islam remains as the religion of the Arabs, then they will continue to reject any peace agreement. And the reason for it? is that Islam teaches Jews to annihilate them and they cannot have their religion and have peace with Israel. Either side, you know, either kick peace with Israel away or kick Islam away. The Bible says this in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, as part of, in which we've been talking about this all week, that in the Abrahamic covenant came a piece of real estate. God told Abram, get, get away from your land, from your homeland, from, uh, from your kindred, unto a land that I will show thee. We're told where it was. It was Canaan land, and they're still fighting over that to keep it. But each time uh, Israel is attacked, God said, by the way, I'll bless them that bless thee, but curse them that curseth thee. 
So when you put your hand against Israel, it's not going to go well for you. And three times the Arabs have tried to destroy Israel. In 1948, when they became a nation on May the 14th, uh, after they declared themselves a, uh, a state when, uh, when the British mandate came to an end, um, Britain pulled out at midnight of May the 14th. And when they did, the Arabs were planning an invasion, 40 million Arabs against half a million Jews. And so that very next morning on May the 15th, uh, after Israel had declared themselves a state uh, that at midnight, and by the way, the United States was quick to uh, the first nation to uh, accept and acknowledge Israel as a state. That next morning, uh, on the 15th, they were attacked by Syria, uh, Lebanon, Iraq, Jordan, the Saudi Arabia, and Egyptians. All attacked this fledgling nation just been born. Miraculously, not only did Israel win and push back after being greatly outnumbered, they uh, they gained land and control of land uh, that originally they didn't have with the United Nations uh, lines that they first started off with. Then they were attacked on June 5th, 1967, or they were about ready to be attacked. Forces were building up on their borders there. Israel saw this coming, and so they did a preemptive attack themselves against Egypt. And again, just like before, not only did Israel survive the war, they gained the Golan Heights, the West Bank, the Sinai, and West Jerusalem. And so the Arabs, 20,000 Arabs were killed. In that six-day war, a thousand Israelis died in that war. Then in 1973, Yom Kippur, the Arabs did surprise Israel with an attack on the day of uh, the celebration of the Day of Atonement. And one million troops amassed against half a million troops of Israel. To tell you how God provided a victory against the numbers that they were doing. The Arabs had 3,600 tanks. Israel only had 1,600 tanks. And they had a war on all fronts. I mean, it was coming from Egypt, from Syria, just like always before. And, and then also Jordan got in there and Lebanon. And it was amazing that God provided a victory for them. Some of the things, the tank battle, and I got to see being on the Golan Heights and to see what was happening there. There were some cases when uh, when Syria was coming in with their tanks. Syria had 1,400 tanks, and Israel only had 170 tanks to protect the Golan Heights. And the war went on for about five days or six days up there in the Golan Heights. In some cases, there were only five Israeli tanks taking on 350 and Israel still won. In another situation, another battle, the Valley of Tears, it was 200 tanks against eight. And still God brought victory to Israel. It's just unreal to see how they were outnumbered and outgunned. But, but God provided a victory for Israel. And this is the, one of the annoying things that the Jew that, that they sorry that the Arabs do not understand because they believe they're fighting for their God Allah. 
And for some reason, uh, the God of Israel, Jehovah, is giving them victory over their God, Allah. And they can't figure it out because the Jews are not supposed to be worshiping the true God. They're worshiping the true God, Arabs believe. But yet their God, Allah, is not able to give them a victory over them. Three times they've gone after them. And not only have they failed to defeat them, they have lost and lost soundly. Now, after that war in 1973, you need to be aware of this. Jimmy Carter in 1976 uh, became president, and he thought he'd throw his hand into this. And so he actually made a peace agreement with Egypt, an agreement for them not to attack Israel. And so far, that Camp David agreement has Help. But you need to understand what we're doing to keep Israel out of the fight. We pay them $10 billion a year, $10 billion a year. And we're not giving it in cash. When I've learned this out I, I it, about 10 years ago, it shocked me. And it'll shock you if you don't know about this. You know how we pay them? It's not really so much in cash and, and help for the poor and, and, and for their country financially. We give them weapons, we give them aircraft, we give them battleships, we give them $10 billion a year, and most of it is paid in military equipment. And I'm wondering, are we really helping Israel by keeping them safe, by giving their enemy military equipment? I've got a whole lot more to share with you on this topic, so please join us again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.